Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the U.S. Markets Wrap. I'm Willie King. The S&P 500 ended Monday's session near the flatline as traders prepared for the release of key inflation data this week. Let's look at how stocks have traded. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed higher by 0.16% to end at 34,300 points. The S&P 500 closed lower by 0.08% at 4,411 points. And the Nasdaq was down by 0.22% at 13,760,000 points. So leading the S&P 500 gains were some of the shares including Davita, Insulet and Henry Schein, each up more than 7%. Shares of Boeing have also added more than 4% after Emirates announced a $52 billion order for its 95 aircraft. So, so far, investors are waiting for the release of fresh US inflation data this week and also the latest reading on the Consumer Price Index slated for tonight. So for more insights, we are joined by Abigail Watt, Research Economist at Aberdeen. Good evening, Abigail. Hi there, thanks for having me. Great. So, so far, we know we have seen um, for the last few days, we have Moody's last week underscored the US having a very large fiscal deficit and partisan gridlock in Washington as contributing factors for the cut. So, with the ongoing potential Moody's outlook and also a potential government shutdown risk, I'm just curious, Abigail, you know, what's your view on the impact on the markets here? So I think it's really interesting. You know, I, I you know the the November seventeenth deadline um, for for the funding for the U.S. government has come around fairly quickly, and I think it's come around fairly quickly given some of the kind of turmoil that we've seen um, in the the kind of House with the removal of the former Speaker um, of the House McCarthy, and that causing quite a lot of kind of disruptions in in kind of lawmaking within Washington. Um, and I think one of the things that we're seeing quite clearly is is markets perhaps in the short term seem to be a little bit more focused on on the Fed and some of the kind of communications around interest rates and policy there rather than some of this kind of um, shutdown risk that, that you know is, has kind of come to the fore perhaps this week. Um, in terms of the, the kind of risks of a shutdown, you know, there the was some progress on Friday with the, the House kind of bringing forward a, a continuing resolution plan to kind of keep the government funded um, to early February for, for kind of most of the government and kind of January 19th for some, some areas of the government. Um, but with that, with that kind of continuing resolution, the hope would be that kind of some of the concerns and markets around this kind of, you know, fade away again. Um, but as I said, I think the, the markets just now are focused very solely on that, the data that might tip the dial for, for the Fed in the near term rather than focusing on kind of some of these shutdown risks. Mm. Just to follow up from here, I mean, you're talking about government shutdown risks. You're also talking about the impact on the markets. How do you see you know, some of the economic indicators like the CPI and the retail sales data, which is, which is coming out this week? You know, how do you think this will actually impact markets for the week? Yeah, so I think markets have become pretty comfortable with the idea that the, the Federal Reserve has finished hiking um, policy rates in the US. And I think the, the concern would be the possibility that the inflation data or the retail sales data that we'll get on Wednesday um, could, you know, put a spanner in the works of that, of that view. Um, on the inflation side, um, you know, energy prices have kind of softened and you've seen kind of a clear decline in gasoline prices. So it's, it's likely that you do see kind of a softer, softer headline print in, in October than you saw in September. 
But I think what really matters for the Fed is the core inflation data. And, you know, expectations are that core inflation will likely prove sticky, coming in at 0.3% month on month, um, exactly the same rate that it ran at um, in the September data. So I think that's that's kind of one area where, where you could see kind of markets have to digest perhaps, you know, this idea that the Fed could have to return to the table if inflation proves a little bit stickier. And then I think on the, the retail sales side, um, you know, the Fed itself has talked about the fact that um, the growth in the U.S. economy is, is running above trend and they, they still have the view that growth needs to slow below trend in order to bring inflation back down to its 2% target. And I think one of the things that we have continued to see is the consumer continuing to put surprise to the upside. And so I think the retail sales data is something that people will be watching closely to see whether you're seeing kind of some softening in demand in the U.S. economy. Mm. I see. I mean, this is actually very interesting, right? I mean, you're talking about inflation data and also the retail sales, which we are monitoring. And like what you have mentioned, Abigail, the Fed has also, you know, they've said that they've sort of done with rates. But however, you know, there's also a big divide among Wall Street over how aggressive they think um, the Fed will be, could potentially be cutting rates next year. So what are your views, you know, going forward for rates this year and also come 2024? Yeah, you're totally right. I think if we if we look at where there's more agreement in, in Wall Street, it's definitely on the fact that the Fed is done. Um, if we're looking for disagreement in Wall Street, it's definitely around the extent to which we see the Fed cut. Um, the Fed themselves in their dot plot have around 50 basis points of cuts by the end of 2024 currently in their projections from September. Um, our expectations are that they might have to, to kind of cut more than markets are currently pricing. Markets are currently pricing around 75 basis points of cuts. And our expectation is that they might have to do around kind of 200 basis points by the end of next year. And I think that reflects our view that we think markets have been perhaps too optimistic on the outlook for the U.S. economy. We continue to expect the U.S. to enter a mild recession next year. And that's because we think there are a number of headwinds growing for consumers. You know, we've seen the resumption of student loan payments. We've seen the fact that savings piles have been run down by the kind of strong consumption that we've seen through U.S. consumers this year. And then finally, we're also seeing elevated interest costs, you know, beginning to weigh on consumers, perhaps consumers turning to kind of more credit card um, debt as you see those savings piles um, kind of run down. I mean, everyone has been talking about how um, bonds are actually performing and looking at how the rate um, Fed has actually looked to actually manage rates going forward, like what you have mentioned, Abigail, do you think that um, the inversion of the yield curve, right, has would actually normalise um, back to where it was, you know, back to a normalised yield curve here? So I think what matters in terms of the normalisation of the yield curve is what's driving the, the kind of re-steepening of the yield curve. What we've seen in recent weeks is um, we've seen longer um, bond yields rising by more than shorter term bond yields and that's been driving the kind of inversion um, that's been kind of loosening the inversion we've seen in the yield curve and that's actually more reflective of kind of I think concerns over the kind of US fiscal position because what you're seeing is that investors are expecting a higher premium for holding longer dated bonds in the US economy and so that's slightly different to kind of what you typically see ahead of kind of a growth slowdown for example where what you see there is you see both kind of the 10-year and the two-year yield declining, but you see the two-year yield declining by more as, as investors begin to expect kind of those rate cuts that we've just been talking about from the Fed. 
said. Um, and so I, I do think we will see kind of that re-steepening. I think that the thing that matters is what is driving it. And in our kind of base case where we see the U.S. economy beginning to slow kind of more rapidly through the, the beginning and, and the first half of 2024, that's an environment in which you should see that kind of re-steepening happening through a, a kind of revision of expectations around short-term policy rates in the U.S. Just one more, just one more point I'd like to touch on, Abigail. I mean, we're talking about U.S. here. Also, like to touch on the U.S.-China relations. I mean, this is um, coming this Wednesday. You have President Joe Biden and Xi Jinping uh, coming to actually meet for the first time after a long while here. This coming Wednesday in San Francisco. What are your views here, and how do you think this will actually impact the world's two largest economy going forward? Yeah, so I don't think we're expecting any kind of material shift in in kind of trade policy off the back of these talks. Um, one of the things that you know it is it is kind of a positive sign to see both um, Biden and Xi kind of returning to the table and these talks taking place is a positive thing in itself um, in terms of kind of the geopolitical risks between these two economies. Um, One of the things that's come out really clearly is that there's an aim to kind of reopen military communications between the two countries, you know, which were shut down following Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan last year. And so I think the reopening of those military communications is one of the clear kind of things that we're looking for out of this, this meeting. I think there's other areas, you know, that will, will likely be on the table for discussion, which is the conflict um, ongoing in the Middle East and Ukraine, um, things like climate change. But as I said, I think the, the talks themselves, we're not expecting to see any material shift in trade policy, given that's likely driven by domestic factors um, in the US, in particular ahead of an election year next year. We have been speaking with Abigail Watt, Research Economist at Aberdeen. Thank you so much, Abigail, for your time and also sharing your insights. Thank you so much. Stay with Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to the full interview, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.